During this episode, we catch up with the account manager of over 200 practices for ABB Optical. We talk about the optometry industry from a macro level and also discuss how to navigate through the second surge in COVID cases from a business perspective. Welcome to the Real Estate Secrets Podcast for healthcare professionals, hosted by Austin Hare and Nathan Palmer, who together have over two decades of real estate knowledge and investing. This show is about sharing lessons in commercial real estate that were learned from trial and error and working directly with CEOs of billion-dollar healthcare organizations. Our mission is to teach the insider strategies used by the big guys to everyday healthcare operators in order to get access to the best real estate at the best prices. All right, how's it going, everybody? I'm Austin here, and we're here with our guest today, Danielle Blight. Danielle is account manager for ABB Optical, and she is located here in Orlando, just like us at Leaders Real Estate. And um, actually, ran into her at the gym that we work out at, <laughs> and so I wanted to help her uh, have her come on the show and talk about what she does exactly for ABB Optical. So, Danielle, can you kind of give us an overview of of what it is that you do? Yeah, so one of the things that I do is I help to establish businesses here in the Orlando area, specifically with optometrist offices. Um, So my job is to mainly go in and be their business consultant and help them to make um, conscious business decisions based on um, analytics that our company provides for them. Okay. All right, cool. So how many practices are you working with right now? Um, about 200. Okay, about 200. All right, and so something that I wanted to talk about, particularly because, you know, right now we are in early July, mid-July, and COVID is back on everybody's mind again. So something is spiking cases. Some people might be scared. Some people might be nervous and timid. What is your advice? What, do you get, what are you telling people moving forward, um, you know, in terms of, how to handle this, this new spiking cases? And do you have any sort of words of encouragement, if you will? So plan, plan, plan. And it's not the end of the world. We got through it the first time, especially um, I'm looking at the numbers. I have all of the data. And um, we got through it the first time. We were successful. Um, and now this time we have a better idea of what to expect um, as opposed to you know, the first time around, the first uh, wave of COVID cases. So I would say that my word of advice would be to to remain calm as much as possible, um, to make sure that you're safe, you know, make sure that you're, you know, using cavi wipes if you have cavi wipes or, you know, um, sanitizing things and wearing masks constantly and making sure that patients are um, having their temperature taken and, and being an advocate for yourself. If a patient comes in and says, I don't want to have my temperature taken or I don't want to wear a mask, then unfortunately, I know that there's a lot of controversy over this, but, you know, having the, having the, the, the ability to say, no, this is what has to be done in order for us to keep all of our staff safe. Um, One of the things that I recommend is switching your staff throughout the day or switching your staff throughout the the week so that you don't have the same staff working the same shift every day. So if one person does get sick, then you do have another person that can come in the next day. Um, So that's one of the, um, one of the things that I recommend. Um, and 
not to just not to stress out to just remain as calm as possible because this is a very stressful time for everyone to empathize with people when people are upset and angry and yelling and screaming at you it's not about you it's about whatever they're going through and recognizing that it's them and not you and um that we'll we'll get through this and the numbers show that in this industry and in the medical industry people are still going to doctors and so we're still doing well in this um, arena. Now, you know, Victoria's Secret might be closing and Pier 1 may be closing, but um, the op opticals are, for the most part, remaining open and so are many of the other op um, medical facilities. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, from a real estate perspective, it's interesting for us because we have, for a long time now, we've been really pushing the retail component. So traditionally, a lot of healthcare practices, you know, um, optometrists, op ophthalmologists, dermatologists, uh, urgent care, whatever, they would all typically be office space, office located. And um, we have been advocating for about 12 years, the past 12 years, really, to push healthcare practices into a retail position. So what retail, the, the technical definition of retail would be, it's a, a place with high traffic visibility, high walkthroughs where people come to do restaurants or shopping. Um, there could be a grocery store there or whatever. And so we're actually seeing a really great opportunity right now for doctors who want to relocate practice because although you may increase your rent by a factor of 50% or whatever, um, your overall expenses are only increasing by about 10%, but you might increase your patient flow by another 50, 60, sometimes 75%. And so what it ends up being is you get a 50% increase in revenue for a 10% increase in your expenses. And um, people, I know that people are scared right now and they are reluctant to maybe, you know, sign a new lease or invest in real estate. But what we're seeing is because some restaurants um, in particular are going out of business, they're not re-signing, they're not opening back up, we're actually seeing availability in these prime real estate, these prime retail locations. And it's gonna be, it's, I think it's a very opportunistic time if, if a practice were ever to think about relocating to a place where they're gonna get more drive-by traffic, more walk-through traffic, this is a great time to uh, think about considering. And so I think it kind of goes hand in hand with what you're saying about doctors are looking to expand right now. Some of them, they're adding more patients and they're adding more square footage. Is that kind of what you're seeing? Yeah, so I'm seeing that some offices are doing that um, probably as a result of some of the PPE that they've received um, because some of the doctors that I work with have received money from, from PPE, but um, I'm sorry, from PPP, but they're not necessarily getting back the, the um, staff that they originally had. Some of them have gone other places. Some of them decided that they don't feel comfortable working in the environment. And so they do have this additional money and they're using it to, to expand and reinvest. Um, so when, you know, but I see what you're saying, which is, you know, in expanding where they are versus getting real estate in an area where they're going to have a better, um, a better patient outlook. And that is really important too, because, you know, a lot of doctors are not actively advertising. So if they're not actively advertising to new patients, then it's important for them to have a really good location. And there are a couple of offices that I can think of 
off the top of my head that could probably benefit from being relocated? Yeah, you know, the best way to grow your business, any business, is always going to be word of mouth, right? Right. Um, but in terms of attracting new business, you know, there's there's advertising or there's there's drive-by visibility or there are the other two primary ways. And so a lot of times you can, you don't, it seems like you're paying more money because you're paying more in rent, but you are able to offset what you would pay with advertising. And so, you know, the cost of Facebook ads, digital ads, Google, I mean, they're bidding platforms, you know, so they're only going to continue to go up. And if you can snag a good retail spot where you have really, really good visibility, then you're actually you most likely will end up saving money over, over the long haul. Right. And of course, the, the biggest thing that we look at um, as business consultants for these optometry practices um, is that we look for return on investment. So if you're able to you know, have a return on investment that is you know, 10 times than what they would see if they were at one location, of course, that it's a, it's a leap of faith. They have to have you know, something that says like, okay, yes, this location is definitely going to be a better location for me because the other thing too is sometimes you can have an area that's really busy and really populous but it doesn't necessarily bring in people into the optical so um but you know with the with the right type of advertisement going on in that in that um retail area then they can do a better job of having people come into the office. I, yeah, I think that there will, a lot of doctors have a kind of pipe dream to own their own real estate one day, you know, in addition to their practice as a retirement plan. And, um, you know, I think that there could be some really great opportunities right now. I think we're going to start seeing some stuff opening up. And, um, you know, this might be, for some people, it might be the opportunity of a lifetime. So yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of hope, at, you know, in every crisis, there's winners and losers for sure. So if you can pivot yourself now to be on the right side of that and, and come out on the winning side when this is all said and done, then you're going to be setting yourself up well for the future. Exactly. Exactly. All right. And so um, what is like the typical benefit that a practice would get by working with you? Can you kind of walk us through that process a little bit? So one of the things that they would benefit from working with us is that one of the things is that I am actually a licensed optician. So you're working with a person who actually has been in the field, has worked in the office, is not just a person who is learning about the industry from, from other people. So you're going to have some, um, some really well-rounded people working for you and supporting you who have seen ups and downs in the industry. So that's one of the positives of working with ABB. Um, the other positive of working with ABB is that we're not just a distributor, which is what we've been considered in the past, um, where we just, where we just um, distribute contact lenses to patients, but now we actually have labs, so we can actually make glasses for patients. We can um, um, facilitate lenses for your, your patients. Um, we distribute lenses. We also work with the doctor on their business solutions too. So pre creating telemedicine platforms and easier ways to uh, verify insurance and analyze your profitability on a daily basis. So it's not just, um, it's not just a platform where you order your contact lenses. It's a platform that will help to sustain your business for now and into the future. What have you been seeing? terms of COVID and, and how that relates to telehealth? 
So in terms of telehealth in general, I would say that there is a huge uptick in telemedicine um, across the medical community. So you're seeing it even with, with, with places like um, uh, cardiologists. So you're even seeing cardiologists seeing some of their follow-up patients on telemedicine. Um, you're seeing some um, people actually being um, screened for COVID over telemedicine. Um, so not necessarily being tested, of course, but being screened for it um, and then told whether or not to go get testing based on the results of the, the questionnaire. Um, so it's only a natural progression for the optometry profession to also be open to telemedicine and telehealth. Um, of course, there's certain things that they, are, they wouldn't be able to do um, just like there's certain things, you know, a, a surgeon can't perform a surgery without the patient there. So that's not going to happen. But there's certain things in optometry as well, where you can't, um, you can't necessarily show a patient how to, um, to do an analysis of, uh, of a Snellen test. You can't do that online from uh, the prescription because you don't have a phoropter. So if you don't have a phoropter, then that's something that you can't do over the over telemedicine, but there are other things that you can do. So just like some of the other professions, there are things that can be done in telemedicine, things that cannot be done, what can be done should be done through telehealth because it's much more convenient for the patient and it's healthier for the entire community. So what kind of volumes, what kind of patient flow were your practices seeing before COVID, during COVID, and what are they seeing now after COVID? So it kind of depends on what um, what kind of practice it was. So you have bigger, larger practices, smaller practices. Um, but the average doctor, regardless of how many doctors are in the practice, the average doctor is seeing about three to four patients an hour. So they're seeing about three to four patients an hour. Um, now, and then during COVID, they were seeing maybe one to two patients an hour. And now post COVID, many of my offices are seeing, um, you know, five, they're having to squeeze in people from, from before that they had to cancel on, but they have to do that and still maintain the cleaning process um, throughout the throughout the day. So with some of my offices are seeing about the same um, that they saw before. Many of my offices are actually seeing an increase. And then there's some offices that are seeing about the same. But very little have actually completely been destroyed by this. Most of them are actually doing pretty well. Yeah, especially if they were able to get the PPP loans, then they probably were coming out okay, huh? Well, I think the PPP loans were definitely helpful, um, but in terms of, you still need the patients to come in. So I think the fact that the doctors had the, the right um, relationship with their patients and the right communication style and the, the way to reach out to them to help them to get through this, um, through this pandemic, uh, the fact that they were prepared to do online sales when necessary and to do telemedicine when, when needed, um, it really did help them to survive this time 
um, because some of them didn't get PPE immediately. Some of them did have to lay off people. Some people did fur get furloughed. Um, and, and the PPE was helpful financially to keep the doors open, but that doesn't necessarily mean that patients are coming in. So if anybody, the 200 that you're working with, did anybody have to shut down, like close their doors permanently? Um, not anyone that I know of um, that had to shut down. Um, I've had some people actually open new businesses. Um, oh. I've actually had some people open new businesses. I've had some people move from the private sector to the, um, the public sector. Um, so I've had some kind of movement around, but no one completely shut down to my knowledge. Not yet. Okay. And I, hopefully that won't happen. So it sounds like pre COVID, uh, your, your doctors were seeing one to, or three to four patients an hour, then it dropped down to 1.2. And now maybe there was some pent up demand and now they're up to four to five. And we were talking a little bit earlier about telehealth. So of the 4.5 patients that they're seeing, are they also seeing additional patients via telehealth that aren't physically coming in? Yes, that is the aim. So that is the aim, um, is to get them to um, supplement some of their time because in between these patients that they're seeing, they have to take the time to have somebody clean down everything. So during that time that somebody is cleaning everything, that can be a time where somebody can be bringing in additional revenue that they may not have seen had they not had telehealth. And then what will happen is that if something does go down and we have a, a relapse in cases, which we're seeing a spike in cases right now, then what can happen is that we will be able to then, um, we will then be able to have those patients come in uh, through telehealth and keep that sustainability for that doctor while they're closed, if they need to close down again. Okay. So, um, how does that relate to their footprint? Like, so if you have a doctor that's seeing um, 45 patients a day and he is also seeing patients through telehealth, do you think that he's going to have to change anything about the square footage of his location? No, um, I don't think that. Well, yes and no. So they could need to to change the square footage of their location depending on who's doing the telehealth. Because depending on how the doctor feels, they could actually have one of their opticians or one of their COAs or COTs um, to do some of the, some of the work. Um, and so if that's the case, they may need to expand their location in order to bring in that, that person, that additional um, resource for the office. They could need to have another doctor come in so that they could supplement that, depending on how many cases, how many patients they're seeing through telehealth. So that's one of the things that I would see in terms of having to expand. Um, I know a couple of offices that are, that are planning on expanding right now. And um, mainly it's because they want to have more lanes uh, or more offices for each of their patients so that the doctor can go from room to room and just keep moving along to make the flow a little bit easier. So you have one room that is being cleaned out while the doctor goes to the next room, and then another room is cleaned out while the doctor goes to the next room. So some doctors are opening more lanes and they're expanding their offices so that they can be more efficient. Hmm. Okay. Well, great. Well, Danielle, thanks so much for your time. I know you got over 200 
<laughs> our practices that you work with. So we really appreciate you hopping on. And oh, my pleasure. Yeah. And hopefully we will be seeing you back in the gym soon when this all calms down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right, Danielle, we have a great day. All right. You too. Okay. Bye. If you need help finding the perfect location for your practice or you're ready to invest in commercial real estate, email us podcast at leadersre.com. That's podcast at leadersre, re as in realestate.com. Or go to www.leadersre.com and fill out our form. See you next time.